0: Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Came across this, I thought it was absolutely terrific. The title is, How to Be a Successful Politician in California. Wait now, you're listening around the country, you're thinking, I don't care. Oh, this is so revealing about the way... The politics works in a blue monolith of a state. The subtitle of this by Edward Ring, who's a really interesting guy. He's written a couple of books about California politics. He's the, uh, um, I think he was the, he co-founded the California Policy Center. So he's a a thinker about policy and politics. But um, how to be a successful politician in California. Early voting lets us know how many votes we need. And ballot harvesting lets us control how many votes we'll get. And Ring writes, the following conversation never happened. It's for the reader to decide to what extent, however, this conversation reflects political reality in Cal Unicornia today. Two people in this conversation, the candidate and the government union operative, because that's who owns the state of California. Candidate says, it's a surprise you contacted me. I never thought I'd run for office. I don't know how to run a campaign. And I'm not well informed on any of the things I might have to manage if I get elected. Union operative said, that doesn't matter. We've profiled you and determined you'd be a viable candidate and develop into a politician we can count on. But I don't even know how to begin this process. Don't worry about that either. Here are all the forms you need already filled out. We'll just put your name and personal information and you'll sign them. We will submit them. We will follow up. Candidate says, where will I get my money to campaign? Where where will I find a campaign manager? Government union operative says, we do everything for you. We have found a treasurer who will process all of your donations and expenditures, and all you have to do is approve them. We have a campaign consultant who will run your campaign for you, and we'll run a separate independent expenditure campaign, which allows us to avoid campaign contribution limits, and you will not have to do anything. Candidate says, what about my opponent? Union op says, don't worry, we'll outspend your opponent by whatever amount necessary to ensure victory. They have to do everything themselves knowing they're going up against us. They have to raise money from small contributors. They have to constantly hold petty fundraisers. They haven't got access to our government union contributions, and the corporations won't help them because they're all afraid of us. Unless your opponent is wealthy and willing to burn through a good chunk of their own personal fortune, they won't have nearly enough money to compete with you. Camp- a candidate says, what will I campaign about? What will I say? Don't worry. We'll tell you what to say. We will write your campaign literature. We'll build your campaign website. We'll handle every detail. We have all the money we will ever need, so we hire the best political consultants. We've learned exactly what voters respond to, and we will attack your opponent as an extremist. But shouldn't I have ideas of my own? Shouldn't I stand for anything? Uh No. Leave it to us. Just be available for photos and to sign documents and checks. Candidate says, what if it's a close election? Won't all this be for nothing? It probably won't be close, but if it is, we know exactly what to do. If early voting trends show your opponent's party turning out in stronger than anticipated numbers, we'll invest more money in ballot harvesting during the weeks before Election Day. Our ballot harvesters know which household residents have registered with our party. Early voting lets us know how many votes we need, and ballot harvesting lets us control how many votes we'll get. And it's legal. You can't lose. Candidate says, can't my opponent's party do the same thing? Government union operative says theoretically, yes, but it costs a lot of money to engage in science-based ballot harvesting. And you see, haha, they haven't got any, any money. What's really funny though is that we've convinced Californians that we don't have very much money, that we're the underdogs, and that our opponents are spending us into the ground because they take contributions from corporations and billionaires. And guess what? We're the ones who get almost all the contributions from corporations and billionaires, and they don't. Wow. Candidate, candidate says, what if you can't find enough households with voters registered to your party who haven't voted yet? And earlier voting trends show that I could be behind. Relax. We have a lot of tools in our toolbox. Even though the last day to register to vote as a traditional voter is October 24th, we can assist people with same-day registration as a conditional voter right up until and through Election Day, November 8th. We know who to register. For example, our teachers' union has ensured that the vast majority of young voters are thoroughly conditioned to vote for our party and to despise your opponent's party. We have a profile for every eligible voter in the state. We know where every person under 30 is living, and if they're not registered, we can get them same-day registration then we will harvest their ballot candidate says isn't it kind of weird that california permits early voting to begin a full month before the november 8th election and allows counting and certification to last all the way until december 16th doesn't it allow you to manipulate the election outcome during this extended voting period so what it's legal we control the politicians which means we write the laws and we made all of this legal and final question and answer What if my opponent raises the fairness of the same-day registration and ballot harvesting to ensure victory? You're a quick learner, but you still don't get it. We have all the winning messages. If your opponent questions the ethics of ballot harvesting or the accuracy of the registered voter database from which ballots are mailed to everyone or the injustice of taxpayer-funded government unions recruiting candidates and paying for their campaigns, we'll just call them an election denier. Oh, yeah, I've heard that phrase a lot lately. Those people are fascists. Right you are. Welcome to the team. Now just sign here. Wow, that's How pretty good. How good was that? That's pretty Edward good. Edward blanking ring if you need him. We will post a link to that essay at armstrongandgetty.com. Send it to all of your friends for the good it'll do, which is very little. Yeah, that is that is something. Same-day registration, ballot harvesting blanketing the landscape with millions of ballots whether you still live there or not the fix is in yeah um, and i'd like to point out it doesn't take some sort of magical hacking hacking of dominion voting machines by mysterious venezuelans or any of that crap they write it into law
1: if i'm gonna be a uh, grown-up about this though i feel like you just got to recognize, okay, that's what the, the 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 state of play is, and you got to compete the same way. And the Republicans can raise as much money as 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 Democrats can. I mean, they'll come from different places, but they'll raise a gazillion dollars. And uh, but but they haven't put their efforts into this. Partially not blaming it only on Trump, but partially Trump went anti mail in ballots. Republicans had dominated mail in ballots. Since mail-in ballots became a thing, it was just a truism that Republicans voted through mail, Democrats showed up same day. That flipped in just two cycles, partially because Trump tried to convince people that mail-in ballots were wrong for some reason. Um, But anyway,
0: got to play the same game and do the same things. It's the only thing you can do, isn't it? Uh, yes, but it'll never happen. Well, not never. That's a silly thing to say. It's extremely difficult to make that happen in California because of where the contributions come from. Well,
1: it might be impossible in California, but nationwide, I, I, you just got to play the same by the same techniques,
0: or effectively convince people that that's unjust and leads to uh, voting practices that are untoward.
1: Oh, yeah! If you can change policy or law around voting, that'd be that'd be fine. I'd be all for that. I hate this whole month-long election thing. I don't think we're going to get away from election deniers on both sides as long as we have month-long elections.
0: And, you know, I can make a pretty easy lawyerly argument in favor of the Democratic Party because everybody's so in love with this notion of everybody should vote, every cycle, no matter how much they know or don't know. And so if the Democratic Party goes to an 18-year-old's house and says, hey, you're eligible to vote. We have the, that in our records. You haven't registered. Here's your same-day registration. Fill this out. Here's your ballot. Fill this out. Now hand it to me. I'll turn it in for you. There's a pretty good chunk of the, pubu- the public that would say, well, that's good. They voted. We have a democracy. Voting is good. So I, you're probably right, you know, at the in the end. They just got to play the game better than the Democrats or they're doomed. yeah, that is that was a troubling little screed there though. Tell you what though, control of the unions. I grew up with it, I've seen it. You can compel them or convince everybody in a giant government union to show up and vote in a way that you can't convince just average citizens who have an average citizen's concern about the government to vote because the union members are getting paid. They're there for their own direct financial self-interest, which is why FDR thought government employee unions were a horrific idea. FD freaking R, folks. <laughs> End of rant. <run.
1: laughs> See you tomorrow. God bless America. I'm strong and get it. It is over. I said bye.
0: Adios, mofo. Son of a are you sure of that dude well yep absolutely Ah! okay so let's go out with a bang well except for white people because they're the oppressor so they don't get any freedom (laughs) says the modern freaking stupid militant marxist scum wow wow that was zero to 60 i would say (laughs) thank you all very much armstrong and getty
2: why is no one talking about election fraud. Mr. Reagan. Now, everybody was expecting a red wave. There was no red wave. In Pennsylvania, the Democrat who won in the Senate race was clearly brain damaged. And another Democrat candidate at the state level got elected despite the fact that he was dead. But strangely, few people are talking much about voter fraud in the 2022 midterm elections. After the 2020 election, there was a lot of talk about election fraud. It just didn't seem possible that Joe Biden, the basement-dwelling dementia patient, could have gotten the most votes in American history. Even more implausible, he beat Donald Trump, a guy who inspired armadas of boats, to gather in support of him. But in 2022, not a lot of talk about election fraud. There are whispers. Arizona's election managers have been unimaginably incompetent, so much so that it almost seems intentional. And then, of course, the Democrat candidate in the gubernatorial race also happens to be involved in overseeing the election process that she's taking part in, which seems mildly suspicious. So what's the deal? Why so little talk of election fraud this time around. Now, clearly there was some fraud. It happens every election cycle. Democrats say it's isolated to a few rogue agents here and there, not enough to flip entire Senate seats, certainly not enough to flip an entire presidential election. On the other hand, Trump supporters are convinced that fraud saturates the entire process. Are Democrats right? Are Trump supporters right? Is the truth somewhere in the middle? So do I think fraud took place in the 2022 midterm elections? Yes. Do I think that there was enough fraud to switch some of the Senate seats? Yes. But I don't think that fraud is actually the biggest problem. I think the biggest problem is now the election process itself. For any amount of fraud to affect a victory for a candidate, there must be a baseline of support There are some who will say that, well, it doesn't really matter how much support a Democrat has. They can win with just 1% of the vote because they'll just cheat enough until they win. But I don't actually think that's true. I think that election fraud can shift an election maybe 5%, maybe 10% at the most before it becomes obvious that there's fraud and people get caught and, you know, there's potential consequences. But 5%, 10%, these are huge numbers in close elections. I mean, even if it's just... 2 or 3%, that can still flip a seat, even less than 1% in some cases. And so depending upon how much fraud is involved in a particular election, I think that fraud actually can be overcome simply with enough legitimate success on the Republican side. And you know, I actually think that's why not a lot of people are talking about election fraud in these midterms. Because I think that most people look at the elections and they're thinking about them in the same way that I am here. And I think a lot of people feel that raising the alarm about election fraud doesn't really do anything. And Democrats are so good at demonizing any election skeptics by calling us election deniers, right? Using the word denier as a rhetorical trick to try to associate us with Holocaust deniers. They've gotten so good at this kind of demonization that I think a lot of people now think that talking about election fraud is actually more destructive for Republicans than it is helpful. And there's also a kind of nihilism. I think that a lot of people now think, sure, there's fraud, but You know, unless we catch them red-handed and those who can do something about it take action, the fraud is not going away. It's just part of elections now. So why even talk about it? They've come to accept it. It's like we, we now know that there's always going to be some amount of fraud, and so we just need to win by one vote more than the Democrat in every race plus whatever the fraud is. And I think a lot of Republicans now think that it may just be easier to do that than to actually eliminate all of the fraud. And maybe it is. You need a certain base level of votes for fraud to help. So let's say a Democrat can cheat the vote by 5%. Well, then that Democrat candidate, they've got to at least come within 5% of whatever it is that the Republican gets in order to beat them. If the Republican gets 45% of the vote, then the Democrat needs 41% of the vote. And only then will that 5% then push them over the top. But I think that it's still bewildering that somebody like John Fetterman would get enough baseline votes to win at all. Shouldn't he have lost by like double digits? Now, I do suspect that in the case of Pennsylvania, that particular state has a very robust voter fraud operation i'm actually considering going into the history of fraud in pennsylvania in another video but for now i'm just going to say that i do think that there was fraud in this particular race and i think john fetterman did win because of it but even so how did fetterman get the 40 percent or so that he needed in order to get even close to winning well there are two things that are being touted as the reasons that democrats did so well young people and abortion. Democrats are saying that young people came out to vote in the highest numbers in American history. Maybe that's true. It does make some sense. I mean, the Democrat Party preys on the gullible, the ignorant, the lazy, and the stupid. And young people, well, they may not all be stupid. They may not all be lazy. They may not all be ignorant. They may not all be gullible. But most young people are at least one of those things. They're far more easily tricked than more experienced, wiser folks. They are a perfect target for con artist politicians. And the abortion issue was a serious problem for Republicans, especially after Lindsey Graham foolishly submitted an abortion bill, which he knew the Democrats would use as ammunition, as propaganda to say Republicans are going to strip you of your abortion rights. And so, yeah, we did have a couple of problems that were real problems a demographic problem and a policy issue problem. But there is a much bigger problem that I think transcends. The fraud issue the demographic issue and the policy issue and that is mail-in voting and ballot harvesting together these two parts of our voting process have broken american elections there are so many ways to manipulate voters who have their ballots in their hands at their homes voters can be threatened intimidated bribed somebody could stand over you gun to your head in your kitchen while you fill out your ballot obviously that's an exaggerated example I'm not suggesting that that specifically has happened, but that's what mail-in voting opens the door to. An unscrupulous political party will take every opportunity, legal or illegal, to fortify an election in their favor. And Democrats always insist that there was no systemic, widespread voter fraud in the 2020 election, and maybe there wasn't. But you know, you don't need an organized system. You don't need any one fraud technique to be widespread. It's better, actually, to have hundreds of ways to manipulate the vote and use all those techniques just a tiny bit. If you use a number of various techniques in a thousand different places, just a tiny bit, all that adds up to thousands, even millions of altered votes. And the problem is that not all of these manipulations are explicitly forbidden. Some very sketchy forms of persuasion are legal in like a sort of gray area. The coercion of nursing home patients to vote straight Democrat is the best known example of this. Of course, there have been reports of political activists bribing the homeless for votes and other clearly illegal activities. But the truth is that in many districts, Democrats don't need to cheat because they're so good at going around and collecting ballots from uninformed voters that they have tricked or coerced or manipulated in some other legal way. The point is that maybe focusing on voter fraud isn't the best strategy. Maybe going after the voting mechanisms that facilitate shady Democrat practices is a better plan. First, let's say we stop ballot harvesting. That's good. You know what's even better? We stop mail-in voting altogether. That would be fantastic. We need to implement in-person, day of election voting. Nothing else. And you know what? Let's get rid of the voting machines. Hand-counted ballots. This must be the standard for federal elections. Everything else is vulnerable to shady manipulation. Now, for the record, there was fraud in 2022. I don't know how extensive or what all the techniques were, but we do have several examples that have already been exposed. Andy No reported on an Antifa member in Portland who was openly discussing voter fraud on Twitter. In Joe Kent's house race in Washington state, there were only 9,000 more Republican voters that turned out for the general election than turned out for the primary election. Now, this is unheard of. In previous years, the increase in turnout was about 10 times that. In 2016, there were 123,000 more Republicans that turned out to vote in the general election than turned out for the primary. In 2018, there were 79,000. In 2020, there were 100,000. This year, in the 2020 midterm, there was only 9,000. Only 9,000 more came out into the general election than showed up for the primary. That discrepancy is very strange. It's like a bunch of Republican votes just vanished. In Harris County, Texas, they ran out of paper for a lot of the voting machines at certain polling locations. But here's the weird thing about that. All of the voting locations that ran out of paper for their voting machines, they were all in Republican areas. I spoke to Marissa Hansen about this the other day. She's done a ton of research on this. She's on Twitter, Marissa Hansen. Follow her if you want to know more about this stuff. And Marissa told me that she had spoken with poll workers who told her that they had turned away dozens of voters, over 100 in some locations. Now, did those voters ever get to vote? Who knows? So, yeah, there was voter fraud. But at the end of the day, a lot of Republicans seem to be exhausted trying to ring the alarm bells about voter fraud. And they think that it might be doing more harm than good. And they think that there are better ways to try to start winning elections again. As for me, I say investigate, prosecute, imprison. We cannot let voter fraud become just a standard part of the process in America. The fact that we are not all still outraged is, to me, extremely disappointing. But then again, I'm also a pragmatist, so I do want to use whatever strategy is going to be the most effective to defeat the corrupt Democrats moving forward. Let me know what you guys think in the comments below. Until next time, that is all for me. And remember, it's not that our liberal friends are ignorant. It's just they know so much. That is not so. Good night
0: what is fascism fascism is private ownership private enterprise but total government control and regulation well isn't this the liberal philosophy the conservative so-called is the one that says less government get off my back get out of my pocket and let me have more control of my own destiny
3: Well, that was a bucketload of joy and positivity, wasn't it? 73% of Americans are angry or dissatisfied at the state of the country. Yet Biden comes out smelling of roses anyway. The historically unpopular president with rapidly declining cognitive abilities, presiding over a crippling inflation crisis and an economy heading south in a hurry. And he has a better midterm record than Barack Obama or Bill Clinton. The best midterms for democratic governors since 1986. In what world does that make any sense? What in the next two years you intend to do differently uh, to
2: change people's uh, opinion of the direction of the country, particularly as you contemplate a run for president
3: in 2024? Nothing. Nothing nothing. Bloomberg, Biden, despite his low approval rating and relative absence on the campaign trail, will likely be able to claim the best midterm performance for an incumbent president's party in 20 years. Are Republicans that bad that they can barely compete against the likes of Biden and Fetterman? Two men who can barely string two coherent sentences together. Fetterman's campaign was an absolute car crash from beginning to end, yet he still won convincingly. I mean, is there even any point campaigning at all? Joe most votes for any president ever. Biden, barely got out of bed in 2020. It didn't matter. Democrat Tony DeLuca received 86% of the vote in Pennsylvania and he's been dead for a month. Same for Democrats, Barbara Cooper in Tennessee and Simon Silver in California. Both dead, both still beat their Republican challengers. Here's a question. How come Florida can count seven million votes in a matter of hours? Yet we're still here two days after the election as I make this video. 30% of the Senate votes in Arizona haven't even been counted yet. Fewer than two million votes total counted after nearly 48 hours. Florida and Texas have far bigger populations. Almost all their ballots were counted on the night. Yet in Nevada and Arizona, it drags on for days on end. Why? Pima County says most of the ballots might be counted by the 14th or 15th next week. Who's counting them, first grade children? When governments across the developed world can have election votes counted for entire countries on the night, within hours? Where did this new normal come from where it takes one state, days or even weeks to complete the count? And regarding the vote itself, look at these exit polls broken down by race. So whites represent about 73% of the voting population. 58% of them voted Republican. Out of non-whites who represent 27% of the population, 68% voted Democrat. What happens when that 27% figure keeps on increasing every two years. And you wonder why Democrats want open borders and mass migration. Oh no, not allowed to talk about that, are we? Now back to the video. Unmarried women breaking in favor of Democrats by 37 points. And you wonder why they want to obliterate the family unit. Create enough wine ants and cat ladies and you've got yourself a very powerful new voting block. The regime wants to turn everyone into unmarried women. Let's look at young voters. 70% of 18 to 29 year olds voted Democrat. If not for voters under 30 tonight would have been a red wave. Oh, but many of them will stop voting Democrat as they get older. How long is that going to take? 20 years? 30 years? Do we have 30 years? This is the TikTok vote, isn't it? In the most competitive Senate races, four Democrats posted regularly to TikTok, while only Dr. Oz was a presence for Republicans, although he seemingly gave up on it and stopped posting over a month ago. This is
0: a desperate place to be, is like the... Creepy older person
3: trying to look hip to court the youth vote. Yes, yeah, smartphone addicted zoomers with 10 second attention spans can be convinced by cringe dance routines and micro sound bite messaging. But when conservatives try to use that platform, they're mass flagged and banned anyway. Naturally, zoomers came out big for Dems, partly because their sacred right to engage in degenerate and promiscuous sex and then kill their babies, was put under threat. But even in the deep red states of Kentucky and Montana, anti-abortion measures lost. A measure that would have asserted there's no right to abortion in the Kentucky state constitution. Lost. A measure that would have criminalised healthcare workers in Montana not trying to save the life of a living baby after birth. Lost. Solid red conservative state can't even say a kid outside the womb shouldn't be left to die. It's over. People complain about Trump-endorsed candidates underperforming, yet they were sabotaged by the Republicans. An establishment. Mitch McConnell withholding funding in key races. Kevin McCarthy spending millions trying to sink MAGA candidates, money that could have been spent on defeating Democrats. Did Republican voters stay at home because of all the red wave talk? Did they just expect it to happen without them having to get their asses off the sofa to go and vote? Did independents really buy into the media hysteria that they were voting to secure democracy itself? That if the Republicans scored big, Trump would become a dictator and there'd never be be any elections ever again? Are people really that fucking dumb? Are you completely blackpilled? Or is rising above the demoralisation itself half the battle? Where do we go in 2024? I'll be reading your comments below. (coughs)